You're listening to The Green Thumbs Up, brought to you by Miniquip Hard, WA's leading machinery hire company, supporting the Landscape Industries Association G'day landscapers and welcome to another episode of Green Thumbs Up, the podcast that brings you the who's who of the landscaping and gardening industry, brought to you by my pals from Miniquip. Joining me in the secret Greenwood studio today is Ben from Ben's Gardens. Good to see you, Benno. Yeah, good to see you, Darren. First time in the big seat, mate. It is, mate. Do you want to introduce our guests? Yeah, today we have Linda and Paul Michener from Green Life Soil Company. Hello. Hello. It's great to see you guys. Now, a soil yard. Linda, why did you buy a soil yard? Well, Paul calls it an entrepreneurial seizure, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, we've been going 20 years this year. Ah, So So you're having a birthday too? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Same same as Strata Dream. Maybe Strata Dream can do a joint birthday party. And we'll um, we'll have to get Josh in because he sang happy birthday for Strata Dream when we did (laughs) this. Oh, okay. And he'd be keen to give you a go too. So... 20 years, that's a, a fair fair go in any small business. Yeah, yeah, still surprises us, really. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah, how did it? I mean, really, it was... Yeah. You want the, you want the full story? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all the skeletons uh, coming again, in the closet yeah. here. Well, I guess years ago, I used to work in clothing design and Paul used to work in graphic design. And we kind of were both, both a bit burnt out, really, in what we were doing. We had built our first house and back in the day you didn't get a landscaping package. with a, You got a, a concrete slab yeah. and a, and a no, sand pit. If, if you're lucky, yeah. 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 So we kind of had to really design or, or put something in place as a garden around the house and I guess that's kind of where the, the real passion for gardening started yeah, and permaculture. It's, it's what we kind of realised was that when we were getting the house built that there was all these creatures, frogs and sorts of creatures around and they were just going to get displaced and buried under all this uh, fill, basically. And that's when we started designing the small patch that we had and we were designing that and, you know, putting habitat back in there and then we just got hooked into permaculture and it all sort of grew from there and we started hating our jobs where we were working seven days a week in you know offices with no windows air conditioning drinking beer and coffee and pizzas all the time and we looked for something else <laughs> coffee beer and, and pizza yeah, like, what, what yeah. I'm thinking, where, where's the downside uh, uh, yeah. yeah i think he's kind of yeah he's putting through rose-colored glasses on <laughs> yeah. it really so and that was when there was a bit of an economic downturn and paul lost his job as a graphic designer but we had a mortgage so it was a case of just find a job find anything and we'll figure out where to go from there and he ended up finding a job because of his i guess tinkering and passion of plants at a a propagation nursery, wholesale propagation nursery. Yeah, it used to be. Herbs. Yeah, Country Time Herbs, which is... Oh, yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember those. Yeah. 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 yeah, and yeah, it grew from there. There was, a, there was a, a little yard out the front of us that was, I won't say, <laughs> it was very small and they were making compost and uh, we thought they, you know, we had the great idea, we thought we could do a better job and made them an offer and it all 
grew from there. Yeah. And I guess to start with, we were more interested in plants, to be honest, and we had the vision of, of having more of a nursery with a focus on native plants and permaculture plants. But that was around about the same time that Bunnings did their whole redevelopment and Midland Bunnings was their flagship <coughs> store with a garden centre. So we kind of realised pretty quickly that we had to pivot back in the day even um, yep. and do something a bit different. No, they certainly the, the old Bunnings made a huge difference to the... Because I was in retail, I was in wholesale plant production when Bunnings started and... It, the, the change in the industry is just phenomenal since then. So you guys are organic certified, and that's yes. probably one of the things you really hang your, your hat on, I guess, to say, and it's really probably an important part of your business. Um, how does that fit in with the, the customer base that you have? Is that something that's more aimed at retail customers, or do you find a lot you've got a lot of landscapers who also are really particular about the, the soil products they're putting in? It, it is. It, I suppose it goes right across the board, but... It's not the focus of all of our customers. It's kind of the certification we look as a standard now, so it's a quality standard. So um, I I suppose our main focus is getting the soil to work in the particular situation that people are going to use it. So that's the main focus, but if you're growing vegetables, you don't want heavy metal other residues that come along with yeah, oh, potentially absolutely it's particularly when you're when you're growing um productive and edibles which is a huge part of uh, i'm sure benno finds it the same like so many customers that i get and it's been a big change probably in the last 10 years particularly where i hardly do a, a residential in-store that doesn't involve at least you know, a lemon tree or you know, a veggie patch right. or something so uh, and Speak to your clients about the importance of soil, saying like, if you want healthy, um, productive fruit and vegetables, you've got to have healthy, productive soils because turf soils for edibles are really not great. No, <laughs> We've got terrible. sands with no, tra- you know, very, very little and way of trace elements and those sort of things. So, yeah, it's, it is super, super important. And um, I've noticed the my last couple of little times I, I duck in and pick stuff up here, yeah, the um, charcoal, the... Biochar. Biochar, yeah. Yeah, because it, it, I must admit, it's something that sort of I haven't really done the deep dive on. It's around, and, I, and I've got a few people recently that I know and really respect their opinions who are massive advocates of it. So are you finding it's uh, been a, a really big product or a big part of your blends? Well, it is. It's definitely a big part of our blends. I, I don't think people really get what it does and how it works. Um, we use it because it well we, the way I explain it, it works like compost but doesn't break down any further. So it's a permanent additive. Um, you put that with compost, any residues that you know uh, nutrient residues that come out of the compost get absorbed into the biochar. So um, a big standard for us as well is you know stopping that leaching so we don't have any. Residues going into groundwater and yeah, in our sandy soil. Oh yeah, and it's such a waste. You know, people spend money on nutrients just to wash it down into the into to to cause an algae bloom. Mm -hmm. Exactly, I did that. Yeah, Yeah, that's crazy. It's exactly right. That's that's the hard thing that we've got to educate people on. Is um, you know, you think about the sand out there goes a kilometre and a half deep or so in places. Um, that's where a lot of your lawn fertilisers are going. Mm. 60% of an application, they reckon, 
just goes straight into the water table. Yeah, right, that, that doesn't um, surprise me in the least. And in the, the so you're working in that industry, the the soil supplying industry in Perth, like it's a because I got obviously a lot of a lot of soil yards. I'm you know, I'm not faithful to anyone when it comes yeah. to mine. <laughs> <laughs> I buy a lot of sand, but um, yeah, it, it's a very you see a different attitude from from one yards to when you go and be a chain and independent chains. Is it, is it do you feel like there's still a lot of industry? Um, issues within the industry of quality control, particularly when it comes to soils. Soils and mulches is the one thing I, I really worry about. The, the you know, some of the, the, the crap that gets pumped pumped out of mulches that does worry me because you, you know the average homeowner is just going to go and buy whatever's the cheaper and what they don't see the value in, oh, yeah. in the yeah, quality products problem. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it's a huge thing, and I guess that's where education comes in, where we try to really spend time with the customers because of the old adage of don't put a twenty dollar plant into a twenty cent hole. Yeah, you know, because people see the value of something that's lush and green above ground, but it's difficult for them to see the value in what's sustaining that plant. Yeah. So that's where it comes down, and, and yeah, unfortunately, I think there are some um, less than brilliant things that people just buy because they just don't understand the difference. Well, the, the one that worries me, Paul mentioned a bit earlier, is like heavy metals in, mm. in soils. And I remember probably 10 years or so ago when they were doing some housing redevelopments through Carinup and they're pulling the old peat out. Yeah. And that was going out into um, soil production mm. up until the point they realised it was full of arsenic and then it just got yeah, piled right. up, like piled up. But I, nobody knows how many cubic metres went out. So there, is there no really no form of regulation on any of these soil products that, that people use, particularly the one I'm probably thinking of is the soil conditioners, mm. which, you know, the, the yeah. product list, the material list you see in the soil yards is pretty vague. You know, it's like compost, it is, yeah. screened greens. Yeah. Like well, that. actually, green waste compost is probably one of the cleaner ones because if it is just from, you know, tree prunings and green waste, it's not so bad, but... You've got to be a bit cautious where things are coming from, like industrial waste and food waste and things as sources, because, no, to my understanding, there isn't, um, and you can't see it, as you said, and there's some, some odd things have happened over the years, for sure. And testing's expensive. It is, yeah, it is expensive, and, um, yeah. Yeah, there was... Well, there was, a, I know, a few years back in, I think it was in Queensland, from memory, in the, the, one of the Brisbane... Our city councils had um, employed a, a large landscape company to do some of their urban landscaping on roads and that sort of thing. They had a huge plant loss. It was like 80% plant loss and they had gone back to that contractor and said, you need to replace their plants. And they said, well, no, the plants we supplied were healthy. So we need to work out why they had, had died. And what had turned out had happened is the council had a contractor come through, you know, they cut all the trees down and then they tub ground all the root systems as well. And the root systems were full of, if I remember, pythium, or, and um, and that had infected all the plants. Yeah, so, right, yeah. so as you say, tree tree prunings are one thing, but when uh, you got places that are, uh, are tub grounding root yeah. systems and that sort of stuff, yeah, and adding that's that, true. that's the potential for moving that's fungal true. diseases, a root bait or soil bait ball. And we've got common thing, and that's why having good quality, healthy plants and healthy soils make. Now, Ben, I was saying earlier, he was a big fan of your workshops back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So the new site um, you have is, is a great setup. Yeah, um, but 
doesn't hold workshops as yet? Oh, well, we'd like to, but uh, when we moved in, it was a case of uh, the room and the area um, and, yeah, setting it up is, is an expensive kind of a process. But ultimately, one day that would be okay. really good because, yeah, that is a big part of what we try and do with the education. So being able to hold workshops on site is definitely yeah. something. Maybe this summer we'll be able to start looking at those sort of oh, yeah, really? workshops. Yeah, because that's where yeah. I... Um, I Went to a workshop with Nick Bell and mm. it was fantastic. And yeah, I've sort of been in contact with Nick ever since. But yeah, maybe you get Ben to run a few for you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds, sounds <laughs> absolutely. Come on in. No worries. <laughs> and, and you're deeply involved in the landscape industry, so you have a lot of landscape. Well, you have a lot of landscape customers. Yeah, it's definitely grown over we the do, last few yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. It's, we've kind of find that we're uh, there a bit of a niche. Like we have, they come to us for solving some problems <laughs> uh, when they need to get a customised mix in a lot of situations. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite surprising how varied, just, uh, with no drainage and some, you know. So we try and uh, yeah, make, make mixes to suit that. Yeah, I guess that is really our niche. We certainly did start off with more of a residential, you know, gardening kind of a, an ethos. Um, but it's such a seasonal business yes. that that's something that as we sort of were trying to grow the business, it sort of became obvious, well, hey, you, you landscapers, you're flat out all year round most of the time. So we really needed to sort of develop some relationships and, and work with a couple of landscapers. And, yeah, as Paul said, the word's out there, and particularly for site-specific issues because we're small yeah. and we custom blend everything we can work with you and figure out what the problems are. Well, hopefully. I mean, we're not soil scientists. I do stress that. But using the soil basics and what we know works in certain circumstances, we can usually mm. come up with a blend that's going to work. Yeah, especially pH problems. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and who is the worst landscaping person to deal with? <laughs> oh, and, and why is it not me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hang on. I've just got to find the off button for it. Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, no, we're all landscapers. We're all awesome. Um, yeah, and retail. Right. I did retail for a very short period of time until one day the guy I worked for came up and gently put his hand on my shoulder and said, uh, you're really good at wholesale. I think we might leave, <laughs> you, might leave you in that from now on because I wasn't great at retail. You, you must muster up some challenges and some, and some days where you just think, oh, man. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah, But that's retail in any industry, I think, isn't it? You're dealing with people and... And most people are really, really good, yep. but you always get the odd one that just makes you shake your head. And they're, they're the ones you remember, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> they go yeah. on Facebook and rant about afterwards. It's <laughs> definitely a percentage. percentage <laughs> yeah. Try and find ways to avoid. <laughs> well, and going back to your landscaper question, I've had a second to think about that. We love the organised ones that don't ring up on the day and say, oh, can you get seven cube here by two o'clock? Oh, that sounds like me. <laughs> I, I pro I've probably done that. To, I've done that to most people at some time when I'll look at oh, Shit, I forgot to order that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it always happens and there's yeah. jobs that get reorganised. But, yeah, because we do custom blend, yeah. it can be tricky because we don't always have huge... We haven't got 50 cubes sitting out the back. So Yeah, that's the thing. There's a lot of landscapers, things like big volumes at, at short notice as well. So, um, they, as Ben said, you've got a, a new-ish site. So you've been there, what, a couple of years now? It's a year and a half. year and a half, yeah. yeah. And it's much better site than the old one. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like going from the dark ages to, uh, you know, the 
21st century. <laughs> We're actually in. Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining it's uh, been a, a bit of a money pit as well. You've been churning a few bucks into it. Yeah, yeah. We look back at the estimates and just laugh now at what we've sunk into it. And it, there's a lot still to do. Yeah, I've learned how expensive concrete is. Yeah, I was just about to say, I've yeah. seen you guys laying a bit of concrete with pads and I, I know well how concrete, expensive oh, concrete yeah. is. And, and especially for you guys, you'd need it like oh, thick reinforce yeah and all those sort of things i look at it and go oh, there's a trip to europe right there <laughs> <laughs> oh we can't go to europe for the yeah. moment here so you might as well buy some concrete <laughs> but the uh talking of COVID, uh the 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 boom in the the um green life industry fr- from the, the COVID situation in, in wa particularly must have just blown you guys away you wouldn't have thought from where we were when we it started we had our initial lockdowns and things all you know, throwing themselves at bridges and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, the busiest times of our lives. It's been absolutely nuts. Yeah, it uh, really showed us what, um, you know, what level we can sort of go to and, you know, um, gave us a, a watermark, I suppose. Yeah, the turnover and we'd moved to our new site and it was pretty stressful at the time because it was, it was came in autumn anyway, so we yeah. were in our busy season and then you had people that thought that the world was ending and they had to grow their own food. That, if I don't get a tomato plant in the ground tomorrow, uh, what are we going to have exactly, for lunch? Yeah, 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 exactly, a, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you had the people that were in lockdown, knew they had to homeschool. Oh, we'll do a project with little Johnny and yeah. let's have a veggie garden. So, And then there's also the people that thought, oh, we've been meaning to do this up for a while, so you know, we'll do it all now. So it was, it was an interesting time. Yeah, it, was, it was hilarious going to the uh, walking past garden centres or the big green sheds and seeing people... Who you know have no idea how to grow a tomato, yeah, or a that's right. and they got the trolley full. With, you know, <laughs> it's the middle of winter, and they've got their punnets of tomatoes and cucumbers. Yeah. Like, oh God! Yeah. <laughs> poor things. Yes, yes, the, the tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. Poor yeah. Things. <laughs> I think we got most of the questions asking how to grow them. Oh, yeah, it would have been absolutely crazy. So um, I believe Joe's selling his some part of the site. So he's uh, thinking maybe snuggling up a bit more and expanding uh, out. Well, it would be nice if there's any sponsors out there that are listening, that, you know, <laughs> yeah. investors, come investors. and see us. <laughs> yeah, it would be good because, obviously, you know, it's nice to have more room where we are, but you're always kind of thinking. Yeah, yeah you get another half an acre and you think, oh, more concrete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <all> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, But it's a, a good location where it is, though. It's nice and, nice and central and... Um, easy to get in and out of, so you must be happy there. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely it made a change because I guess with the old place where we were there for so long, the business grew incrementally, so everything was kind of tacked on. Yeah. And so production-wise, it really didn't flow and didn't make sense, so we were mm. able to start from scratch and figure out, you know, where to put things rather than having to just shove them there because yep. that's the only place they yep. would fit. So from that perspective... Yeah, that's working. <laughs> and and having a retail garden centre there, that must be really complimentary to your to your business. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's definitely introduced more customers, suppose, us to them as well. But um, feed, yeah, feed off each other because I, I don't know if you remember when um, the BBC hardware houses came into. So they were the the we had Bunnings and then BBC hardware house came in. They were four masters and they were going to take take um, Bunnings on and. Uh, all their stores, or their larger stores, had soil base and they did bulk landscape materials as well. Yeah, right. But they, they were long gone now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe 10 years or so. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's hard, to ke- hard to keep a handle on it. So any, talking of change, any interesting new products, new materials, anything you're looking to go into? 
Well, we Southeast yeah. Asian River stones. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we we're sort of um, getting involved in uh, recycling um, with the use of uh, soldier fly. Ah, yes. Yeah. So we are, we do have a supply of frass these days. Yeah. So if you want to learn about frass, come and talk to us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you want to explain what frass is for the listeners? Well, um, frass is the basically leftovers after basically. Soldier fly maggots have eaten food, so they get given uh, waste like brewing waste and um, all sorts of vegetable waste. So, so it's a fertilizer, soil conditioner type well, product. The the interesting thing is because it's uh, to do with insects. Uh, insects use to make exoskeletons. They use a particular protein um, called chitin, which you often get in shellfish yep. and those sort of creatures. Um, fungi, soil-borne fungi or most fungi like uh, chitin, they actually you know, they actually make their cells out of it. So it's what it, one benefit of the chitin is that it will trigger immune response in trees and plants. They think there's a possibility of being attacked by an insect or you know, a, pred- a fungi so they sort of up their immune system and harden the cells around their uh, harden the cell walls around their cells. So you end up with tougher tougher plants. Tougher plants. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Really yeah. beneficial in growing vegetables, but um, trees have a particular you know trigger for that as well. It's probably a little bit uh, similar to people with the worm castings and same exactly. sort of thing. You're just yeah. using a natural recycler rather than uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Just Going through the composting process yourself and getting added benefits from it, and that, that yeah. as well. So that, that's a that's a niche product. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. So it's you know that's where we're at with a few people yeah. that sort of approached us with these amazing things that they're doing out there, and we're trying to find how we can utilize that and work with them to to you know, bring something yeah. new, but also something very worthwhile. Yeah, it is, it's like it's not. I have I am familiar with the with the, the that, that um, process because I do know a few people that. That do it, and they and they tell me about it, and they've got to go out and buy the maggots and like yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, sh- right. shopping list milk, bread, maggots. <laughs> maggots exactly. yeah, the so, the yeah. interesting thing is, though, they like these they go these these particular people get six tons of waste a week, and by the end of the week, it's down to one ton. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so, so that's, that's incredibly gracious. efficient. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really yeah. efficient. Doesn't yeah. smell that great, but it's sort of an <laughs> interesting. Yeah, and that would tie in with the permacultural angle of, of yeah. what you do as well. So, and, and that's a really uh, still a big part of your business, permaculture. I guess it's just part of our general, you know, ethos. It's we try to run a business that gives people sort of solutions, and that's really what permaculture is about: how to work with the environment rather than tackle it head on. And so that comes down to teaching people to. Um, perhaps not use so many sprays in their garden yeah. and all that kind of thing. I see that because my real thing is biodiversity. That's yeah. kind of my passion these days. And encouraging people how to work with the seasons uh, and to, yeah, be less trigger-happy and squishing everything with six or eight legs, you know, because at the end of the day I think that becomes a vicious cycle too. Oh, it does, so, yeah. yeah. Once, you, once you start knocking out your um, predatory insects and, and those, those sort of things, you... Your problem pests just build up, and um, I know, like in my garden, I I never spray because one, I'm lazy, <laughs> and two, because I've got 
plenty of birds and insects that, yeah. that, that do the job for me. So, and I find, yeah, I think you'd, you'd under, more than understand that if you keep your plants healthy, if you aphids or mites or anything, it doesn't really worry them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah They're right. often seasonal. Yeah. So if you can bear with them, and that's where the soil health comes into it as yeah. well, because if you've got a more robust plant, then you're going to have you know, less issues. And we did a program a few years ago now where we work with volunteers, I suppose, in different suburbs around town. We did soil tests from each of the their yards, and we worked with them over a season where they all grew the same thing, and they monitored the growth and they monitored the pests and things like that. And it was really interesting to see that the suburb with the worst pest issues was like a new housing estate. Yeah. So less trees, less yeah, shrubs, less right. birds and all of that. Yeah. So well, they've had their biodiversity just wiped, wiped out. out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They're start, right. starting again. And as a landscaper, like, and Ben, I'm sure you'll agree, like, the better you can build your garden, the healthier you can make it and more resilient, the, the better it is for you for your business because you're not getting callbacks. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't get very many callbacks, but they're, they're horrible things. You've got to make yeah. your time to go, go and sort problems out that, that don't make you any money for a start. So, like, yeah, building good soils and, and having healthy plants is a, is a much better way to go than having to deal with uh, pests and disease problems yeah. all the time. Yeah, absolutely. The only sure. issue we've had with someone whinging, they got callbacks because they had to go and do more pruning. Oh, because the, the plant, growth was... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah I've, I've had that. I've had that about people... I just keep growing. <laughs> what did you expect? That's <laughs> <laughs> what you want. But hopefully that's a good callback. It is a good callback, yeah. So, Paul and Linda, thank you very much for making the time. Um, I know you guys live a fair way out, so Gidget Gannett way from... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so I, I whinge about coming here from Rollystone. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, thank you very much for coming in. Very, very interesting. I'm sure our listeners get a lot out of it. And, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope you learned something too, Benno. Yeah, it was great. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, Yeah, thank you. You've been listening to The Green Thumbs Up, brought to you by the Landscape Industries Association, WA, sponsored by Mini Quip Hire.